Good morning, Parkway Church. How are you guys doing today? Good. I am so glad you're here with us as we celebrate Christmas together and we say thanks to God for sending Christ to live among us and to live in us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. My name is Mike. I'm the senior pastor here. And whether you're gathered at Parkway Port Lavaca, Parkway Lone Tree, Parkway Victoria, or Parkway Online, I am so glad that you're here. I, I, I want to get started with a little question. How many of you would say it feels like Christmas? Raise your hand. It feels like Christmas. How many of you would go, it doesn't feel like Christmas? Uh, okay, so there's a few of us in the room as well. Yesterday, Christy and I were driving along on an 81-degree South Texas December afternoon. And I looked at her, and I said, it doesn't feel like Christmas. And she said, no, it doesn't. And I said, you know, we, we need to sing that old South Texas Christmas song. It's beginning to feel a lot like spring break. <laughs> Baby, it's warm outside. See, these jokes, they don't work today because we woke up and it's almost chilly. We're not walking in a flip-flop wonderland anymore. I'm going to move along. See, Mike, even if it was hot outside, those jokes wouldn't work today. But then as I, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Then as I see you guys come in with family today, and as I have a full house in my home, and as we sing Christmas songs like my favorite, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him, and as we read the Christmas story like we will here in just a moment, it begins to feel a whole lot like Christmas. And I, I do want to warn the gentlemen. There was a, 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 some men in the room that had a, this, this real fear that they just heard that Christmas Eve is tomorrow. And so you must begin your shopping tomorrow. My dad did this. And dad didn't even wait like, dad, dad waited so long that he would come home from work on Christmas Eve and then do his shopping. He'd put in his full time at the office, and then on the way home, he'd pick up meaningful gifts for me and my mom and my brother and sister. Those chili cheese Fritos, man. <laughs> so guys, have a great day shopping and be nice to each other out there tomorrow. Today, as we dig into the Christmas story, I want you to know that the Christmas story is life-changing. In fact, as we look at the Christmas story, we're going to talk about three ways that because Christ was born, life change is real. So if you brought your Bible, you can open up with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can use the Parkway app. I encourage you to download that. In the Parkway app, you'll also find information on our Christmas Eve services tomorrow. I encourage you to join us for those as well. But the first thing we learn about Christmas as we dig into the story of Jesus is that the life-changing message of Christmas is that God came here. It is a very simple message and a very simple story. The story of Christmas and the life-changing message of Christmas is that God came here. Every other world religion, every other ology, or every other way of life is human's effort to get to God. Every other religion, every other self-help book, every other way of life is a way for man to get better so that they can step closer to God. Well, the Christmas story and the life-changing message of Christmas is 
God came to us. We can't step and walk towards him because there's nothing good that we can do to earn his favor. He came for us. This is the life-changing message of Christmas. Listen to how the story unfolds in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So the story of Christmas is a miraculous, life-changing story of God coming here. And in Matthew chapter 1, we see in the verses 18 through 20, this spiritual sonogram of Jesus, that Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary. And Joseph, being a godly man, had not had any improper relationship with this young woman, and yet here she is pregnant. And Joseph is a godly man, and he could have done a couple of things. He could have divorced her quietly. He could have divorced her publicly. He could have demanded much from Mary, potentially even her life. But what did he do? He listened to God. This is the story of God coming here. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and told him, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because she is going to give birth to God's son. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's what I call a spiritual sonogram. When each of our kids were born, we took them in their mom's belly, and, and we took pictures of them. And we put those pictures on the refrigerator. One of our kids, we even got to get like a 3D sonogram. Back in the day, that was something special, right? So we got to see a full picture of one of our babies in mom's belly. And what we see here is a spiritual sonogram where the angel of the Lord, the messenger of God, says to Joseph, hey, this kid in her belly, it's not yours. He's God's. This baby in her belly is God coming near to you. It's God's son coming near to us. That's the life-changing message of Christmas. You cannot earn your way to God. So God came for you and for me. You can't good your way to God. So God sent his son, his grace and truth. God sent Jesus here. Life-changing reality of Christmas. Fill in this blank. God came here to be near to you and to me. So it's not just a story of God coming to prove that he's perfect, to prove that he's right, to prove his character. But it's a story of God coming near to you and to me. Jesus came 
and made his dwelling among us so that we might know him, believe in him, and find life in him and him alone. You know, Christmas is always about a life-changing story for me. Because on December 27, 1989, when I was 17 years old, I heard for the very first time that God came here to be near to me. And I heard about the love and grace and mercy of God for the first time in a way that it grabbed my heart and God said, this is true, believe it. So Christmas is about life change. Up to that point in my life, you know what I thought the Christmas story was? I thought it was an ancient tale. I thought it was a tradition. I thought it was a history lesson. But the Christmas story is a life-changing story because God came here to be near to you and to me. Listen to how Matthew continues to describe it. Matthew 21, 1 verse 21. She, that's Mary, will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the angel tells Joseph that, you remember what Isaiah prophesied 700 years ago? It's happening now. Remember how Isaiah said that God will come and live among us, Emmanuel, it's happening now. And this baby that will be born because God came near to us will be our savior. He's coming to save people from their sins. You know why men and women can't good their way to God? You know why men and women can't earn their way to God? It's because our sin separates us from God. Our sin creates a chasm between us and God that no man, no woman, no religion, no ology can leap. Only God's son can bridge that gap because sin separates us from God. And just to be clear, if you've ever wondered, why did Jesus come? Why was he born in Bethlehem? Why did he live the life he lived? Why? Well, Matthew makes it crystal clear. He will save his people from their sins. So believer in Jesus Christ, know this. Jesus came not to give you health and wealth, not to give you purpose in your life. Jesus came, believer in Jesus Christ, know this. He came to save you and to free you from your sin. When we look and say, Jesus, you came to give me health and wealth, that's about us, not about him. When we say, Jesus, you came to give me purpose, that's about us and not about him. In reality, health and wealth and the greatest purpose in life can never satisfy the sin problem that you and I have. And that's why Jesus came. 17-year-old boy sitting outside of Denver, Colorado, heard that message. I knew I was a sinner. You don't have to convince me I did wrong. You could look at any area of my life and go, hey, that's, that's messed up. Hey, he's got issues. Every area in my life. 
the other day, my, my son asked me, Dad, Dad, when you were in high school, were you on the debate team? I said, no, I wasn't on the official debate team. I was on the debate team that you argued with your teachers and they asked you to step outside. That's the debate team I was on. Every time I share stories like that, my kids look at me like I'm such a disappointment. <laughs> Only Jesus can save. And he came here to be near to you and to me. And that is a life-changing message. When we believe in Jesus, here's one more takeaway. And I hope you've seen this through our entire series. When you believe in Jesus... Not only is he with you always, but he is in you. And the spirit of the living God is at work in you. That's why the life-changing gift of Christmas, and you could fill in this blank. The life-changing gift of Christmas is this, that when we have life in Jesus, our lives are forever different. See, the reason that we tell and retell the story of Christmas each and every year, the reason that we retell and retell the gospel each and every time we're gathered together as the church is because this is a life-changing message that has real impacts on our life. If you have life in Christ, if you've believed in him for life, he has given you a new life. And that's not just the life that's promised for us in heaven, though that is given to all who believe. The Spirit of God that lives in us, works in us, so we can find and live a new life throughout our life by the power of Christ. And here's what I love about this. If we can't good our way to God so Jesus came for us, and our willpower and won't power won't determine whether or not we obey God or not. Because we don't have enough willpower or won't power to obey on our own power. So what did God do? God put his spirit inside of you and me. Because we aren't making our decisions. We aren't seeing our lives changed. We aren't depending upon our own strength and ability. It's not about our willpower or our won't power. It's about the power of God at work in us because his spirit lives in us. Look at how it plays out. Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8 is known as the, the victory chapter. And listen to the victory that we have because the Spirit lives in you. Romans 8, 10 through 14. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Let's stop right there. What Paul just told the church and what you and I need to tap into and lean into and hear today is the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you and me. Jesus was all the way dead as they crucified him. And the Spirit of God raised him to life. And that very same Spirit that brought a dead man back to life is working in you and me to bring us 
to full life and full submission to God. See, it's the same spirit at work. You know why that matters? You know why it matters to me? Because when my life is messed up, when my life isn't going according to my plan or God's plan for my life, I need to know that there's a powerful God at work. I need to know that God is with me. God is in me. I need to know that all the power of the universe is at my disposal because Christ lives in me. I need to have that kind of faith like Mary when the angel said she would have a baby born of the Holy Spirit. I need to have that kind of faith that says all things are possible with God. But know this, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ because Christ lives in you, all things are still possible with God. His spirit lives in you. This is not an ancient tale of history. This isn't an ancient tradition of the past. This is today's story. God came here to be near to you and me. When Jesus was crucified, God came near. When Jesus was buried, God came near. When Jesus was raised again, resurrected to new life, to life forever and ever, God came near. And if we've been given life in Christ, we have a new life. So I want you to think about this, friends. When you face a challenge, a difficulty, when you face a temptation, a struggle, realize that Christ in you is more than enough to overcome. Christ in you is more than enough. If he can raise a dead man to life, surely he can help you and me deal with our sour attitudes. Surely he can help you and me deal with the things that drag us down. If the Spirit can raise Christ from the dead, is anything impossible for him and me? The answer to that is no. All things are possible. Because of that, verse 12, Romans 8. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What Paul says is that we have an obligation. Not to live according to our flesh, not to live according to the sins of our past, not to live according to broken patterns, broken habits, sinful attitudes of our past. But instead, because we have the Spirit of God living in us, we have an obligation to live life by the Spirit. It says that by the Spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh. It's not your willpower or won't power alone, friends, that brings you victory. It's the Spirit of God at work in you. And we know that if we walk in the Spirit and live according to God's Word and His will, we're undoubtedly His children. Beyond question, His kids. Because He put His Spirit in us. See, this gift of Christmas, this gift of Christmas in Jesus, isn't a gift that we only open once. It's a gift that we open time and time and time again. 
This week, I opened it a few times to say, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you work in me so that I'll obey you and depend upon you and trust you? It's not this one-time opening where we say, I've opened the gift and now I'm done. You want to know something really sad? Most Christians treat the gift of God's grace to us like your kids treated their favorite Christmas gift last year. And what do I mean by that? Go ask your kid, hey, what'd you get for Christmas last year? Hmm. I don't know. Well, I always like to throw it back at them. Well, what do you think you're going to get for Christmas this year? And then I say, I don't know. Do you realize that that gift that makes us so happy in that moment, and we're all guilty of this no matter our age or life stage, that gift that makes us so happy in that moment diminishes over time? But that's not the gift of Christmas because the gift of Christ in you does not diminish over time. In fact, it grows with strength and power as you learn to follow Christ with all of your life. He is in you. I've got one more verse to share with you that I hope helps you see the power of Christ in you. Paul wrote to the church in Galatians 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When we talk about living the new life that we have in Christ, because we have life guaranteed by him, this verse puts it into perspective, shows us how to put it in play like no other single verse in the Bible. I've got a new life because I've been crucified with Christ. When I believed that Jesus died for me, it's like he died in my place. I've been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. The life that I now live isn't just who I used to be. The life I now live, I live by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. About a year after I believed in Jesus, I was asked to stand up and share my faith in a gathering at my high school. There were about 2,000 people in the field house of my high school. And I stood up and I shared one verse. It was this one. And when I got to this point, I said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. What a life-changing reality to know that when we believe in Christ, our life, it's not only not our own, but when we believe in Christ, it's not us living in our own power, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Friends, this is the message of Christmas. And I encourage you, no matter what the season holds for you, to remember 
the life-changing message. God came here. The life-changing reality. God came here to be near to you and to me. And never, ever forget the life-changing gift of Christmas. It's that lasting gift, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life for all who believe. Never forget, Christmas is life-changing. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open the word and to learn today. God, I pray you help us all to see the life change that's possible for us because of Christmas. Lord, I pray right now for the church that you would help believers remember to open that gift over and over again, the power of the Holy Spirit at work. God, may we not set it aside, this reality of Christ in us. But Lord, instead, may we live by the power of the one who raised Jesus from the dead. Church family, maybe you just need to spend some time saying, thank you, God, for all you've done for me. Maybe you also need to cry out to God and say, God, help me to trust you and to follow you and to obey you. I rededicate my life to you because of all you've done for me and all you've given me. As the church prays, if you've never believed in Jesus for life, I encourage you to make today your day. The Bible says that you're a sinner who needs a savior and that Jesus is the savior of the world. The Bible says that Jesus is both Lord and savior. He's the leader and the savior. And he invites us all to believe in him and to find life. If you haven't done that yet, maybe today's your day. If it is, you can mark it with a prayer you can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior and that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life. 